Welcome to Agriculture in North Carolina. I'm Dan Miller. Kind of a crazy couple of days this week. Some folks working Monday, others a vacation day. Some folks working remotely. Who knows if they're working? The grain and livestock markets are open for a full trading session on the 3rd. Government offices open on Monday. Closed Tuesday for Independence Day. You know, July 4th, December 25th, January 1st, we can't push those to a Monday to make them a long weekend. When I was a kid, we got Washington's birthday off from school. That was February 22nd, which most often fell in the middle of the week or so it seemed to a kid. Lincoln's birthday, February 12th, same thing. And it's un-American to celebrate a holiday midweek. So in 1968, the Uniform Holiday Act made the third Monday in February President's Day. Martin Luther King was born January the 15th. Well, when I was a kid, Dr. King was still creating his legacy. Nearly 20 years after his assassination, his birthday was made a federal holiday. Well, not really his birthday. The third Monday in January. Now, I'm not protesting. Like anybody else, I love a long weekend. Just rather interesting that we prefer convenience over tradition. So some working, some have Monday off. More importantly, happy Independence Day, the 247th birthday of our country. Wow, coming up in a couple of years, we're going to have a big blowout, 250 years. If we're not bankrupt before then. Agriculture in North Carolina is sponsored by Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, Syngenta Global, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. On today's show, we meet Evan Kleinhans of Ag Carolina Farm Credit. But first, we reach out to Duplin County to Jeff Turner, my co-host. Jeff is the COO of Murphy Family Ventures and decades-long member of the North Carolina Board of Agriculture. How goes it, Mr. Turner? Hey, Dan. How are you? You sound terrible. Yeah, I came down with a little case of the crud. This too shall pass, they say. <laughs> Fourth of July is not the time to get sick, brother. I got to tell you, there's no good time to be sick, but uh, having a cold in the summertime is not preferable time to have something going on. But I, <laughs> I'll wear it out sooner or later. Cuddle up with something warm and soothing. Here we go. Legal motion to strike down WOTUS, Texas, Idaho, and a group of industry entities have appealed to a federal judge to reject the Biden administration's new definition of waters of the U.S. They believe the rule should be invalidated due to the May decision from the Supreme Court that weakened federal authority to safeguard wetlands. They filed a motion of summary judgment on June the 28th declaring all components of the Biden administration's rule inconsistent with the Sackett decision from the Supreme Court. They assert the rule is unsupported by the plain language of the Clean Water Act and can't be constitutionally defended and contradicts Supreme Court precedent. Anticipating the Supreme Court ruling might stimulate more state-level lawsuits against the EPA's WOTUS rule, the Biden administration now plans to amend the rule by September the 1st. Imagine that. It's been in flux for the last 50 years. <laughs> so it, it continues to be in flux. And, and again, it changes with each administration that comes in. Even Governor Cooper has gotten involved in it with yes. the latest veto and now overridden veto of the Farm Bill. And it was all about simply stating that North Carolina could not exceed whatever the federal rules were with regards to regulations of waters of the U.S. So that was the, as I understand it, the reason for actually vetoing the Farm Act in North Carolina. But at this point, it's been overridden and we carry on. That was just simply restating. We could go back and look in in the rearview mirror. Years ago, there were the Hardison Amendments, which was the local senator in Lenora County, 
Lenore, Duplin, and Jones County. After EPA came along, was established in the 70s, and we had our own division of natural resources that was established, he amended all those rules and said you can't go beyond federal guidelines. Whatever the federal regulation is, that's all you can regulate in North Carolina. Those amendments were repealed back in the early 90s and then put back into place, say, 10 years ago. The governor knew that his veto would be overridden, so this gives him a chance to stake his political claim on the environmental side. However, if we choose to enact more stringent rules than the federal government, we're going it alone, which means there'll be a lot of lawsuits. By embracing the federal rules, we'll have a whole lot less issue of this gray area of of what comprises the waters of the U.S. What was put in the Farm Act in North Carolina was just restating existing state law. That's all it did. Uh, instead of a bridge in Brooklyn, I can sell you, I have a partnership and an anaerobic digester to sell you. According to the U.S. Government Justice Office, a California man has been sentenced to six years in prison due to his involvement in a nearly $9 million dairy anaerobic digester Ponzi scheme. Ray Brewer, 66, will serve time for a scheme he claimed to be building anaerobic digesters on dairy farms. Brewer's investors were uh, promised to receive 66% of all profits, as well as tax incentives and renewable energy credits. He obtained millions of dollars for digesters, took fake pictures of their construction, he invested the money in a 3,700-square-foot house, purchased some land. When some of the investors wanted out, he used the new investors to pay them off, hence the Ponzi scheme. But as there's more money being granted for some of these things, we're going to hear more and more scams going on. The way this, the, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act works, inside that now law are many, many tax credits in it, it, that you can receive yep. if you do it, invest in this technology. It's like everything else. It's kind of like the PPP loans. There's always someone trying to figure out. I don't want you. I'll call it in Greenville, but in Pink Hill, we call it being a damn thief. Is there a positive side that there are grants for construction of anaerobic digesters? Does that quash some of the rights activists where they have issues with lagoons and now the digester technology is just not good enough because they want to get rid of the lagoons? I mean, it's both well, you sides. certainly think yeah. so. Yeah. It's kind of hard to cut the hand off that feeds you. These groups, that were without a cause, then they no longer exist. So if they agree that it's a great and wonderful thing that hog farmers or dairy farmers or whatever are now covering lagoons, capturing the gas and selling the gas, something they've asked for for years and years and years, you need to cover these holes, cover these holes. Well, now there's a way to cover the hole and get it paid for. And that's a bad thing. So they're not really looking for solutions. They just aren't. And because if you have a solution, then their, their need to exist continues to go away and they can't go out and raise money and scare people and all that. So tell me a little bit about Ag Carolina Farm Credit and the person we're going to interview. Well, today we have Evan Kleinhaus, who's president of Ag Carolina, which is the new association. Evan, uh, came along at a time when he was with Cape Fear Farm Credit, and back this past January, they merged that in Ag Carolina Farm Credit. Great group of people. Evan leads a great organization and should be a great interview. But you made me cough twice, just sympathy for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
This is Ag and NC, thanks in part to Syngenta, a leading agricultural company helping to improve global food security by enabling farmers to make better use of available resources. The future lies in precision agriculture. Create your plan with help from Syngenta. I'm Dan Miller, along with my co-host Jeff Turner, today joined by Evan Kleinhans. He is the CEO of Ag Carolina Farm Credit. So give us the 60-second read on where you were born, brought up, and how you got to where you are now. Uh, well, I was actually born in Sayre, Pennsylvania, but I quickly moved to North Carolina. I grew up in the western part of Guilford County, just west of Greensboro. Came to school at East Carolina University and have lived in eastern North Carolina uh, my entire adult life. Lived here, got married here, worked here for several years, went back and got my graduate degree from East Carolina um, and uh, worked for a while and then took a job 12 years ago with Farm Credit where I found my passion. We moved to Stedman, North Carolina, down in the southeastern part of the state and just recently um, moved back to Winterville, North Carolina, kind of a homecoming here. What year did you finish your undergrad at ECU? I graduated in 2005 from the Bachelor's of Science in Business. Some of our agricultural leaders in the state come from Guilford County. That seems to be a trend, I think. Yeah, I think we got a commissioner from yeah. Guilford County. Grew up not too far from where Steve Troxler's farm is, maybe 20 minutes or so. Evan, tell us a little bit about Ag Carolina Farm Credit, its purpose, and how it works. All right, so Ag Carolina is a farmer-owned lending co-op. What we do is lend money to farmers and rural residents all across North Carolina. What we really focus on is providing a constructive credit and financial services that help grow the success of our members, one local relationship at a time. So our members actually own us. Um, those that do business with us, this is really cool. And farmers and rural residents often are, are underserved. Farming is a very volatile business, and we exist to support agriculture. Small to, to large, young beginning, small veteran, minority farmers, and we serve them through good times and uh, through bad times. We've got 22 locations across the eastern uh, half of the state. Our people that live out there, they live and work in the same communities. Many of them grew up on a farm, and they really understand what it takes uh, to serve and provide that personalized level of service and financing solutions for agriculture and, and rural members. And so we, we're proud to provide a whole host of products and services to them. And what's cool about a co-op is that our profits only go one of two places. They either go back into the pockets of our farmers or it helps capitalize the business for growth. And so we are proud of the patronage that we've been able to offer and that we work really hard day in and day out with a great team of people to be a trusted partner to agriculture. Uh, we've been in business over 100 years. We're positioning ourselves to be in business for the next 100 years. I learned very quickly it's difficult to get a loan, to get a loan on uh, pure acreage from a commercial bank and, uh, and called you guys for that, for homelands. No, we think we fill a very important niche, Dan, there, and that's if uh, if you're interested in, 
and buying a piece of property. That's something that we really specialize in. Uh, and there really, there really is some challenges with buying tracts of acreages and things of that nature. But we understand land and we understand how to finance that segment of the market. And to your point, rural homeowners, just like farmers, are often underserved. And that's where the farm credit system uh, exists. We have a mission. Uh, we have a mission that we're really serious about, and that's filling you know, these markets, providing uh, a reliable source of capital to agriculture and to rural residents who often cases don't have access to it otherwise. Explain how this kind of works, because there's Farm Credit Associations of North Carolina, Ag Carolina Farm Credit, and Ag South Farm Credit. Ag Carolina Farm Credit and Cape Fear Farm Credit were separate entities, and they merged back in January, and you have an intimate knowledge of Cape Fear Farm Credit, correct? That's right. We're all part of the farm credit system. Uh, the farm credit system is a national organization, and there's a farm credit institution that covers all 50 states and uh, Puerto Rico. And so there's about 50-plus entities that would serve farmers and rural residents all across the country. So we're part of a national group. So in North Carolina, uh, there was three different associations. An association is kind of the local level of the farm credit system, um, and as a co-op, uh, we are owned and governed by those farmers and rural residents. And so each company is autonomously run. There's a board of directors that is, uh, that is uh, elected that, that governs the organization to make sure that that local co-op is serving the local market. And now headquarters used to be in Raleigh, but uh, headquarters now actually happens to be about uh, two miles from my front door in uh, just on the edge of Greenville. So I got you and I probably fill up at the same speedway. That's right. So so Cape Fear Farm Credit, which is where I served uh, as the chief financial officer uh, from 2011 um, until about 2019. Then I had the privilege of stepping in to become the CEO of Cape Fear Farm Credit. Uh, again, um, our, our boards of directors... Uh, own our different associations, and the board from Cape Fear Farm Credit and the board from Ag Carolina Farm Credit uh, got together. Our ownership and leadership uh, began strategically looking at how to position our associations for success into the future. Um, it's no surprise to to many out there that we're we're operating in challenging and difficult times. Agricultural producers are facing that, rural residents are facing that, and financial institutions are also facing very volatile economic conditions. Our boards of directors began evaluating very carefully if putting our two organizations together strategically made us stronger for the future, and could we combine our resources to, uh, to better serve farmers and rural residents in North Carolina. Our boards ultimately voted unanimously to recommend this merger to our stockholders, and they overwhelmingly supported our merger. And so Cape Fear uh, served 12 counties in southeastern North Carolina, was headquartered out of Fayetteville. Uh, Ag Carolina served uh, 36 counties in the uh, northeastern part of the state and was headquartered in Raleigh. And so we put these two companies together. Both of them were very healthy, very strong, a merger of equals, and they centrally located the headquarters here in Greenville, North Carolina. And so it's right here in the heart of eastern North Carolina, central to our territory. Well, corporately that sounds wonderful, but personally uh, your your commute to home football games is shorter. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm a diehard pirate, and uh, you're right. It's, it's, my family and I uh, just moved back to Winterville, North Carolina, and 
it's nice to be back in pirate country. Distributing profits back to your members, I mean, that kind of works like almost like an interest rate reduction. It does. What's nice and what's different from us from maybe a commercial bank is that we're owned by the same people that we do business with. Uh, as our cooperative is profitable, each year our board of directors declares a patronage dividend, and we pay that back each spring to our members. It is done on an equitable basis, but the more interest you would pay, the more business you do with us, you would get the same percentage uh, back. And so each year it varies, but uh, we're proud of the, the record of patrons that we've been able to pay. We paid over $50 million this year in patronage. Uh, and to put that in perspective, that reduces, you know, someone's effective interest rate. Interest rate was 5 or 6%, uh, then your effective interest rate afterward would be, you know, 3 or 4%. Evan and the good folks at Farm Credit, they're our lender of choice. Please don't call the note, Evan. <laughs> but I have to tell you, uh, we've had a great experience through the years with Cape Fear and now Ag Carolina. Really good people to work with. They understand farming. They understand the risk associated with farming. It's been a, a great opportunity for us to work with uh, with Evan and his staff. They want to see people succeed, and uh, and they understand the risk associated with uh, this this great and wonderful thing we call farming, which is a huge gamble. If someone asks, well, do you buy a lottery ticket? And I, I always say, well, I have a lottery ticket that I carry in my pocket every day. It's called a farm. We, we gamble every day. Dan, my, my wife uh, started out with the Federal Land Bank many, many years ago. And you had the Federal Land Bank that basically did long-term lending, and then Production Credit Association was a sister agency that did production loans. And back in the 80s, uh, that was consolidated into what is now the farm credit as we as we know it, but it, it there at one time there were two separate organizations, two separate associations, one for long term lending and one for operational loans. And so the the, the land bank and the PCA and now farm credit have uh, have, have caused uh, Eastern North Carolina farmers to be successful, and we appreciate it. Evan, as we look forward, it's 2023. We're midway through the year. None of us have a uh, have an economic crystal ball, but you're talking to folks, what, what are they talking about as challenges for uh, this year and in the spring of next? Everyone is concerned about just the volatile times that we're in. So, uh, you know, inflation, you know, the cost of getting into the business, the cost of putting a crop in the ground this year and last year has just significantly increased. And so that concentrates risk on the farmer's balance sheet, making sure they have partner, a trusted partner that they can work with, like Farm Credit and otherwise, uh, to really help them navigate challenging conditions. You know, commodity markets have been volatile. Uh, weather patterns are volatile. And um, good news is that so far, crop conditions across most of the state have been pretty good. And so we're optimistic there. But what I would say is just, uh, you know, just looking at uh, what what it costs to be able to run these businesses and, and, and working together to find ways to constructively support the farmer um, as they navigate a whole host uh, of different issues. And one of the things I would also say is just from an, an advocacy standpoint, our farmers, you know, just do a wonderful job uh, in North Carolina. We've got some of the best producers in the world here, um, and they – uh, contribute to providing uh, the safest, most abundant food supply in the world. 
Uh, they're good stewards of the land. I have a privilege of working with thousands of these folks. Uh, they they care about the land. They care about crops and livestock, and they got a lot of responsibility. But um, farmers work often sun up to sun down, and they don't always tell their story. As we continue to go on as a society, that we get further and further from where our food comes from, and I think that's a challenge for farmers. The general population doesn't understand what they do, uh, and I would just challenge folks to make sure that they. Uh, you know, connect with farming, connect with agriculture, and to understand that they need they need our support. Uh, having that safe and abundant food supply is something that we enjoy and take for granted oftentimes. Uh, but there's a hardworking farmer behind um, the, the meals that we enjoy each and every day. And so, buy buy from a farmer when you can. Connect with a farmer from when you can, because uh, you know they work hard day in and day out. Uh, you mentioned earlier just how vital ag is to the state. Uh, really excited this year at the largest industry in our state that we finally crossed that $100 billion threshold that we've been after. You know, agriculture has a bright future in North Carolina, and we're proud to play just a small role in that. One of the things I would just say is that we've got a great team of men and women here that understand agriculture. They work hard and tirelessly each and every day uh, to make sure that we're, we're meeting our mission and, and providing that, that reliable source of capital to ag, and to rural communities. Evan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's my honor and my privilege. Thanks for what you do, guys. Thank you, Evan. Bill Carone Cars in Wallace is now the only Chevy GMC dealer in eastern North Carolina to become an AgPAC dealer, which means any farmer who buys a vehicle at Bill Carone is eligible for more than $30,000 in savings on products you might already use. Everything from tires to crop products. Check out the advantages of the AgPAC program at Bill Carone Cars in Wallace. This is Ag and NC. I'm Dan Miller. As you may be traveling on the 4th of July holiday, North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services officials are urging you to watch out for the spotted lanternfly. That's an invasive insect that can damage crops and trees. Thanks to a citizen report, the NCDA Plant Industry Division found an established population of spotted lanternfly last summer in Kernersville. The insect is known to feed on a variety of plants, including grapes, apples, peaches, maple leaves. It has more than 100 hosts. Spotted lanternflies are not harmful to humans or pets. The lanternflies are capable of flight, but they've moved through 14 states in eight years by human-assisted movement, which means it's important to inspect your vehicle on long holiday trips to ensure no hitchhikers. There are well-established populations of spotted lanternfly all along the northern east coast, Massachusetts down to Virginia. Travelers arriving to North Carolina from north or west should especially be vigilant. Agricultural Commissioner Steve Troxler says we've been especially vigilant in treating an area of Forsyth County where an established population of lanternfly was found last year. We don't want this to spread through the state, so the more eyes watching, the better. By the way, spotter and lanternflies are pretty easy to identify. Rather than me poorly describing something that you could interpret as a monarch butterfly, it's safer to just have you Google a pic. If you see a spotter and lanternfly, you should do the following. Take a photo of it, send it to the North Carolina Department of Agriculture, head to their website to do that, then kill it. <laughs> yes, you can squish the bug or place it in alcohol. But being it's a holiday weekend, save the alcohol. Let's check market prices. Stabilizing cash and wholesale prices, along with a seemingly bullish response Friday to the corn breakdown, boosted cattle futures. Nearby June contracts went off the board at 181.50, while most active August jumped to 177.17 and a half, up 640 on the week. 
August feeder futures rocketed to 247.57.5. The close marked a weekly jump of 1362.5. August lean hogs closed at 92.60. For the week, they gained 292.5. The lean hog futures market absorbed fairly well a mildly bullish USDA hogs and pigs report issued on Thursday afternoon. Egg prices were steady on all sizes when compared to the prior week. The North Carolina weighted average price quoted Thursday, June 29th, for small lots of delivered carton grade A eggs was 145.18 for extra large, 132.30 for large, 122.09 for medium, and $84 for small eggs. Number two yellow shell corn was 33 to 89 cents lower when compared to the prior week. Prices range mostly 584 to 727 at the feed mills and 666 to 722 at the elevators through Thursday, June the 29th. Number one yellow soybeans were 30 to 56 cents lower, range 1501 to 1564 at the processors, mostly 1371 to 1434 at the elevators. Number two red winter wheat was 41 to 81 cents lower, range 588 to 668 at the elevators. Soybean meal FOB at processing plants range 453 even to 464.60 per ton for 46.5 to 48% protein. New crop prices quoted for 23 harvest delivery. Corn range 594 to 674. Soybeans were 1225 to 1313. And wheat range 583 to 698. That's this week's Agriculture in North Carolina. If you miss a show, play the podcast on your schedule. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Head to our website to find a link to our sponsors, Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, Syngenta Global, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Agriculture in North Carolina, copyright 2023, Interbanks Media. Have a great Independence Day and a wonderful week. For Jeff Turner and myself, I'm Dan Miller, and this has been Ag and NC.